Mr. Todd Robert Anderson is here with me. Hey, what's going on? Thanks for having me on your show. Very excited uh, to be on your show. Uh, I've been a fan of it for a long time. Uh, I love your music. It's cool that you have a podcast as well as a band. Yeah, well, you know, I try to keep a lot of balls in the air, so to speak. So I never really... a, lot of, a lot of cross-marketing. A lot of cross-pollination. That's cool. Marketing. It's just, you know. <laughs> That's how we do these days. You got to keep, you know, we're just squirrels trying to get enough. Yep. Yeah, that's great. That's business. You're doing a great, a great thing. How is your uh, Hank Wonder trio? Or what are you guys doing? Are you, do you talk at all during quarantine times? Yeah, we talk. I mean, there's a lot of texting back and forth. A little bit of uh, Facebooking. Is that what they call it? Facebooking? Um, Facebooking. That's what the kids call it. Yeah. The only real booking we're doing these days is Facebook. Well, you know, they're they're opening up a lot of parks in Ventura County, so you could probably do some busking. Mm. Yeah. If you want to come out west. Yeah, put put some masks on and head out. How's your mask? Yeah, how's singing with a mask? Well, it's a little muffled. What? Addiction is a challenge. Uh huh. Do you get tired of smelling your own spit stink? Never get tired of that. With it in your mask? Never get tired of that, really. <laughs> um, but I, we switch it up a little bit. So, you know, I'll take the fiddler's mask, the fiddler will switch from guitarist, and, and then I'll just take a. Oh, that's cool. Well, there, there are no crowd members, so I guess I don't take any of their masks. But. Um, yeah, it's good. So it's just the band passing its germs back and forth. Yeah, it's all good, you know. Um, so yeah, it's tough. I mean, things. When are you tough. get back, wait, wait, wait. Sorry. When you get back from rehearsals, do you, um, do you like spit a lot around your family as well? Uh, do I what around my family? Spit a lot. Yeah, that, I mean that's pretty much. That's pretty much the way it goes normally anyway. It's actually good that we don't have any real gigs these days because I, I was kind of always known for uh, spitting a lot. And especially when, you know, my <laughs> catches it. And people sitting in the front rows, I always felt a little guilty, a little sad for them. Like you don't really know what you're in for. Uh, I was talking to my family last night and I, I brought – I literally have uh, – uh, overactive saliva glands. That's what my uh, dentist told me. And uh, I brought it up last night. And my family went off of me. Hillary and Colby were both going, ah, oh, Jesus, can we get through one day without hearing about your excessive saliva problem? Right. One day? Right. They got really mad. Right. I, didn't, I didn't realize I was talking about it that much. Do you leave, do you leave cups around the house with just full of your own saliva? Because, you know, I had a college roommate. (laughs) 
did you? Can I, can I go into this? You one? did not. I did. I had a college roommate. Yeah, go. Mm-hmm, a college roommate named Joe Cognetti <laughs> from Scranton, PA. Scranton? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now home of the office, <laughs> I guess, is the most famous thing about Scranton or Joe Biden. Oh, right. Oh, Biden, yeah. The future whatever, mm-hmm. maybe. <laughs> yeah. So, Joe mm-hmm. Cognetti, he um, used to do a lot of dipping. So, there were a lot of uh, a lot of cups, little Dixie cups around yeah. our dorm room freshman year, uh, filled with an amber, a deep amber liquid of some sort. <laughs> it's the tobacco, yeah. Mm-hmm. The chewing tobacco. Do they still call it dipping? Is that what they still call it? I mean, I, I think so. I'm not really up on the lingo, but I think the kids these days probably call it. You know, it's funny you should mention that because I recently got a, and this is no lie, I got a catalog in the mailbox. I think somebody might have pranked me because it's a, it's a scientific <laughs> supply catalog. And there's, um, <laughs> and it's basically like different models that try to teach people maybe in medical school how to deal with different uh, situations and maybe training people on the dangers of tobacco. Uh, there's there's one called oh. I think it's Joe Diplip, and it's basically a model of a mouth that you can see <laughs> what it does to the teeth. I kid you not. Diplip, Diplip, Diplip. Yeah. So could be a song somewhere. Yeah, you should make a song out of that. That's Hank Wonder, if I've ever heard Hank Wonder. Dip lip. That's uh, that's all you call it. <laughs> Let me try. I'm working on it right now as we speak, actually. <laughs> Dip lip. This. You'll sing it later. By the end of this podcast, you'll be ready to sing it. Yeah, yeah. So tell, tell like, like, a lot of my family's probably going to listen to this because they like you. You know, um, and I guessed on a lot of podcasts, but they don't listen to all of them. They don't like everybody, but they like you, so they'll listen. So I know your listeners already know what Hank Wonder Trio is about, but, you know, if you had to explain it to my family, you know, what what is it? Is it country music? Is it bluegrass? Is it soul music? Like Americana, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, Hank Wonder, to me is sort of a, an amalgam, if you will, of uh, two artists that I felt like represented true musical passions of mine. So Hank Williams and Stevie Wonder. And uh, what mm-hmm. might that sound like if those two had ever met, which they, they never did, nor could they, because they were, Hank Williams died before Stevie Wonder was born. Um, but well, maybe they met on a different plane of existence or another, like a parallel universe situation. I mean, you don't want to discount any of that possible reality. No, like an X-Files episode kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. Or like a Don Coscarelli movie, you know. Okay. Yeah. Phantasm. Right. That's pretty much, uh, uh, yeah, we're, we're um, our band is kind of a... You're a, f- a phantasm? Your your band is a phantasm. More like an an uh, an issue of Fangoria. That's how I look at the band. Oh, oh, okay. So like cool pictures and the articles are sort of obvious. Right, <laughs> right, but with a real Americana edge. I get you. I get you. I mean, That's cool. 
Do you have a Do you have a favorite song? I have a favorite song of your band, but what's your favorite? Do you have Do you have a favorite My, song that you like to do the most? Um, I think the song that I love singing the most is probably um, "Height of Land," which oh okay, which is a song uh, about a place in Western Maine where my family goes on a week long vacation every summer. And uh, there's a spot where you can climb up to kind of above the lakes in Western Maine and look down on this beautiful part of the world. And um, it's called Heidi Land. And actually, to be really nerdy, it's it's the name for the geographical geographical term for the space between two watersheds. And uh, and it's a can you can you uh, can you can you can you give us a taste of that song? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's funny because I'm not really, I'm not really a guitarist. I'm, I'm more of a guy who can kind of like write a song on a guitar and then hand it off to a guitarist and mm-hmm. have him kind of mm-hmm. for me. But um, let's play a little bit. But you have to do it yourself now. <laughs> yeah, this is why I don't like this podcast. I don't really like listening to it. And I don't like <laughs> the host of it either. <laughs> Down a little Kennebago in Western Maine. Driving along in an old town custom made. See, I can't even play it. I'm gonna try it again. Alright, go, go. Okay. Yeah, go. Down the little Kennebago in Western Maine Gliding along in an old town custom made So we pulled that sun upon the sand And we walk in hand and see what we could see At the height of land That's great. Yeah. I love that song. Thanks. That's. I love singing it. We'll talk about my favorite song We'll talk about my favorite song later, but hearing you sing uh, in like sort of in my presence again, because we used to we, we went to high school together. I don't know if your listeners know that. Uh, and we grew up. We, we knew each other since like what? What age would you say? I mean, I, I moved to beautiful Sherburn, Mass when I was six. So first grade, I think. So probably from then on. Yeah. Yeah, and we went to Sunday school together. Our moms taught Sunday school yep. and all that nonsense. Um, we had a first communion so, our confirmation. Yeah, yeah. Are you still going to, do you still do the Catholic thing? Are you Catholic still? No, sir, I do, I do not. I do not. Although I, <laughs> I, do consider myself a, I do consider myself a spiritual person. I still have, um, still have, I still, you know, I still believe in a higher power of some sort but there's a lot of stuff that i just cannot align myself with when it comes to organized religion or you know a lot of mm-hmm. sh- a lot of shit has gone down in the last uh 
I mean, it had been go going down for a long time, but a lot of stuff has been revealed, let's just say, in the last couple decades that uh, is not really okay with me. I get that. I, For me, the main problem I have with organized religion is Joel Austin has not yet gifted me his yacht. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I mean, I, and I call him and I ask him about it, but he, he, he doesn't seem to really respond. I think he's too busy with his Madonna mic delivering his sermons. I bring it up to him every day on Twitter, every day without fail and uh, nothing. Like he doesn't even acknowledge that I'm speaking to him. You know? Yeah. That's rude. It's like we have it's like we have two different gods, but I know we don't. I know we have the same God. And I know that God wants me to have Joel's yacht. And Joel knows it too. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Well I tell you when, when, when one of my songs hits the big time and I make that, that Spotify money that we all are grasping for. Yeah. <laughs> Spotify money. <laughs> I'm gonna buy you a damn yacht. That's not a thing. <laughs> Thanks, man. With all your Spotify cash, <laughs> I can't wait till you get that. I mean, I can bring it up right now. I think it's like fourteen dollars and seventy-four cents right now. <laughs> Sweet. I think we got a shot at this. I had a question for you though about our childhood. Because we graduated high school together. We, we knew each other since first grade, you're saying. I don't know if that's true. Um, and then, so we grew up together, and we became almost adults in high school together before we went off to different colleges and basically forgot about each other. And, like, right after, like, right after school ended, and we had, like, that, like, the last day of school, and we, there was a... a the benches from the football field were brought over to the senior parking lot and a bunch of people put a, the shell of a, a VW bug on the roof of the high school. Do you remember this? Uh, vaguely. I, I remember I remember some of that. The, the, the Volkswagen bug, I don't remember. I remember hearing about it, but I don't have a visual memory of it. Hmm. Yeah. Well, maybe somebody just made that up and it never really happened and we all just believed it. Well, I do remember people, and this is, you know, I don't know if anybody other than you and I really care about this, but I, I remember that people brought the bleachers over from the from the uh, football field and we sat on them outside of the uh, yeah. Lindquist Commons. <laughs> yeah, that was, the, that was the most pretentious name for a cafeteria. <laughs> Lindquist Commons. <laughs> So, is it still called that? It is. And I found out, I we never knew who this guy was. It was named after Fritz Lindquist. <laughs> what the hell did he do? I don't know. I guess he, he was known for bringing bleachers over and sitting on them. So <laughs> So you, so you finally found out that there was a guy named Fritz Lindquist, but you don't, still don't know who he was or what he did. But, you know, the, the sad thing is, you know, there, there are buildings on that campus named after people that, you know, the current students will never know. And not to get really, like, you know, deep, but a friend of ours, common friend of ours, Alan Mudge, who passed away a month after we graduated, mm -hmm. you know, the auditorium is named after him, and... Not a lot of those kids know who he is, and it's kind of, I see it as oh, I get that. my job to let them know who this guy was. 
Yeah, you tell him. Yeah, that's good to hand down. What I'm saying is with the the, the Fritz Lindquist generation of DS sort of fucked that up. They dropped the ball. They should have told us. We should have known right away, oh, it's Lindquist Commons because of Fritz. Right. And you know what happened with Fritz. And we were like, what? No, what, what happened with Fritz? Or, you know, name the mascot Fritzy. And then there could be like more of a branding. It's branding. It's really all about branding. Yeah, if you just lean into the branding, it doesn't really matter the backstory. You're right. But, you know, as it stands, it'd be nice to know the backstory. I want to know about Fritz. I'm not, like, saying he doesn't deserve it. No, I like that. I'm just saying I'd like to know what he did. Right. That's all. Because right. it should be called, like, in my mind, it should be called, like, the Lombardo Commons. For me personally, like that school, because when I went through it, you know, those, the Lombardos, they were the people. Yeah. I mean, do you think that the descendants of Fritz Lindquist have a responsibility that they're not really taking seriously right now? <laughs> I really do. I feel like they, they, they dropped it. They screwed it up. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, you and I What's your most vivid memory of, of, uh, our uh, shared Catholicism from that time. Um, vivid memory of our shared Catholicism. It would probably will. I would say probably CCD classes with Mr. Grimes in the uh, the rectory. Or mm-hmm. I don't know if you were mm-hmm. if you were really ever were you an altar boy? No, I I was a sub, but I never went through the thing. Okay, because I can just pretend that you were, and my memory of. Uh, you and I being altar boys, it was um, ring, ringing the bell. And I know you weren't, but... Can I, you yeah, on? I was... Yeah, totally. Just think of me as... But I was, in a way, I was like a, I was like a bar back, but for an altar boy. Yeah. Like, I did all the shit an altar boy did, but I wasn't technically an altar boy. I never went into the back room with the priest and did whatever he does to everybody. Can I make up a story of something you did? <laughs> yeah, I think you probably you uh, one, one Sunday <laughs> you subbed out the the, uh, the communion wafers for munchos, <laughs> and everybody I would have been a hero. Yeah, you would have. Yeah, yeah. Because wafers are gross; they give you bad breath and stuff. So, what was your actual memory? You were going to say, um, as an altar boy. Well, oh, oh, of me being an altar boy, it was definitely just the just the. Uh, the having to wear like a monk's outfit, like a brown altar boy's outfit with a with a rope tied around my waist, and there was really there were no shenanigans that went on in the back room in the sacristy, if you will. But um, mm-hmm. uh, it was definitely like being backstage. I think it was probably my first kind of glimpse of being backstage. If you look at being an altar boy as a performance, mm-hmm. you know, the yeah, big, the big day Sunday. And I actually now now that you're saying that, I remember even though I wasn't an altar boy and I didn't like dress like, I didn't dress like a monk. I was just a regular kid, but because the altar boy was homesick or what the proper one, I got recruited and they would talk me through it as I did it. It was like cold. I was like doing a cold reading. Who was the, do you remember? But I was in the back with the priest. No, I don't know. It might've been Tom. I don't know. I feel like I did it with Tom once, but it, it, I could be wrong. I don't know. We're talking about, of course, Tom McManus, yes. who lives in Hawaii. He does. 
Hawaii. He's still in Hawaii, or is he? He might be like the head of school in like Pennsylvania now, some other private school somewhere. Oh. I don't know. Oh, he moved. Oh, okay. Because the last time I saw him was in Hawaii. Oh, you saw him in Hawaii. You went to Hawaii. Well, I've been a f- couple times, but this time, that time was I did an episode of Hawaii Five O. And I knew he lived in Hawaii, so it was like, hey, man. And he was like, hey, man, you're in Hawaii? And I was like, yeah, I'm in Hawaii. And we went and had a drink together at a fancy resort that had, like, captive dolphins. Made me sad. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry about that. I, you mean you were sad about having drinks with Tom? or with- No, no. I loved Tom is great. The captive dolphins made me a little sad. Tom, can I tell you? Uh, but, yeah, Tom was great. A little story about Tom and I real quick. Yeah, yeah. We had a um, we had a neighborhood patrol on our bikes uh, called Super Patrol Blue, and we would kind of <laughs> Page Farm Road, Wood Road, and, and Old Orchard Road, and uh, just you know for any criminal activity. And I um, one thing I do remember about my childhood that I, I I really wish I could kind of retrieve this one token of my childhood is my Ross, my black Ross five speed bike. That had a sweet like throttle shifter, like between my legs, mm. you know. And a, oh wow! A chopper bike. Yeah, yeah. Did I ride on that bike? You might have. You might have. I feel like I might have at some point. Yeah. Did, were you deputized as part of the Super Super Patrol Blue? You might have been. I might have been. Yeah. I don't remember. I was uh, adjacent to a lot of neighborhood stuff like that like when i would go over to jeff goodman's house a lot yeah um he was on that cul-de-sac what was it like mcgregor or something McGregor. like that yeah yep. um back in the day but yeah i used to go and there was adventures in those woods with like groups of kids mm-hmm. i remember like there was like the young kids versus the older kids and it was like a serious battle and at a certain point uh, the older kids were like spraying shit at us, like squirt gunning us and stuff. And they were telling us it was ammonia or something. And we were terrified that they were going to burn our eyes out. And then we wanted to get revenge. So a bunch of the kids peed in a, in a, in a squirt gun. And then we actually squirted the older kids with pee. And when they realized there was actual piss on them, they got really, really mad and said they were kidding. It wasn't real ammonia. And we were like, sorry, yeah. that was real pee. What were you doing over there? I mean, that, that wasn't really close to your house. <laughs> no. You went straight too far from your home, Todd. No, I was visiting. I was at a, you know, hanging out with my friend Great. who lived on the street. Yeah. Or Jeff. Jeff, I'm sorry. Jeff, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember when you and I... And then later, Brian... Brian Swartz. And later, Brian Brian Swartz lived on that street. Right. Yep. Uh, do you remember um, <laughs> you and I, we used to cruise Sherburn in my dad's 1948 Plymouth, which was at that time a piece of shit. Oh, yeah. yeah. Great car, but a, just not really that. It was it was a, like, a, no. like a gray elephant, you know. Um, and it had no power steering, right? So it was like really hard to turn. Totally. And a column shift kind of rough to get through the gears but my dad has since you know redone that car but at the time you and i used to drive that around and try to pick up chicks and not a lot, not a lot of success 
I really didn't have a lot of success in that realm. <laughs> Too, much. Uh, Too much. Me either. I felt like you did better than me, though, uh, in high school. I don't know, but you made up for it in college. You know? A lot of lonely days. Seriously. Yeah, I... It... <laughs> which, <laughs> That's not true. Which brings me to my next, my next song. Oh, excellent. What's yeah. it? What's it? I mean, it, it segues don't really get much better than that one. <laughs> no, that wasn't clunky. <clears throat> no, not at all. I was going to... Re- when you're done with your... When you're done with your song, I'll tell you. I want to know if you remember my Syracuse story well, about your older band. Yeah. But do the song. Yeah, her name was Melinda. We'll talk about it after. Melinda. I remember. She lived next door <laughs> Mel- to me in Flint, Melinda? Flint Hall in Syracuse. Yeah, with a Dutch boy haircut. Wait, what about Melinda? <laughs> Melinda. <laughs> no, that's a different story. Oh. That's not the story I meant. Oh, it was a fraternity party. Wait, which song are you going to do? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Which song are you going to do? This song's called Clover. Which song? Clover. Oh, I love that song. Good song. For, Go. For those of you out there, <laughs> this is a coast-to-coast interview. It's a lot of really rough delay going on, but we're doing it. It's so weird. I'm going to have to go through this and cut out, like, entire swaths of nothingness. Yeah. Yeah. That's the name of my, my first book. <laughs> entire swaths of nothingness. It was Swedish death metal. Weird. (laughs) Okay. All right, sing it. Sing it. Sing it. Darling, I've been waiting for so long for a pretty little girl like you to come along. Nothing else. That's wrong. I'm going to start that again, as if I never started it. All right, go. I said go. (laughs) 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 Here we go. Ready? Go. Let's do it. Do it. Gotta love you shine on me. You're the only folks in the middle of me. 
know that Movie stars and weed cars That's where that love existed They all seem to hit that town If me I only missed it Amazing. That sounded awesome. And I love that you, I love that you screwed up in the middle and you were like, I screwed up. It was awesome. The whole thing. It's fantastic. Is that the way, is that, which song is it that, that has, is that the Sam Cookie song? And there's a Sam Cookie song that you do where you end with the uh, Cupid draw back your bow. That, just that. No, that song is called, uh, is Loverboy. And I, I wish I was more confident on that song, but that that I haven't played that song in a while. But I do have a I do have a couple new tunes that I would love to play just to kind of you know put them out there. Yeah, I would love to hear them. Uh, I mean, and then I have a challenge. I have some I have some challenges for you. Okay. So when you're ready for a challenge. Okay. Um, I'm just tuning my guitar here, which is very unprofessional. But which song is it, uh, Darren? Which song is it? Um, where it's about how Claudia likes drinking bourbon a lot. Oh, baby likes bourbon. Yeah, yeah. That's available. Claudia really likes the bourbon, huh? She she does enjoy it, and as do I. Um, she does enjoy it. She although not as much as the song suggests. I think you know, she, there, there was a point where she was like, yeah, you know, in the intro of the song, you don't really have to lean so heavily on on our relationship. <laughs> <laughs> So then, so then I changed it to it's a semi-fictional uh, uh, account of my marriage. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean it's it's, it's true. Fair. She yeah. does enjoy bourbon. She's not as quite quite as a uh, quite as um, you know attached to it as the woman in that song. But it wouldn't be right. it wouldn't be as exciting. But just like she kind of likes it, you know. It's like. Yeah, no, you. She's got to. She got to sell it. It's like when Hill was in a band. She had a song called "Todd Is a Piece of Shit," and she leaned into that. Right. I mean, I wrote a song kind of like that. Uh, yeah. I hate Todd. I think it's called. 
uh, <laughs> with that Swedish death metal band that I was, I can't remember the name now. If I was, you know. They did the they did the score for that movie Dead Snow, right? About the Nazi zombies. Exactly. Yep. Uh, which is a huge Spotify um, seller. That. Uh, the like zombie Nazi zombie music. Yeah, that one track I hate Todd does really well. <laughs> In Sweden. A lot of people hated Todd. It's a universal. Nobody really likes, for sure, likes a Todd. Everybody hates a Todd at some it, point. I don't think it's you that they don't like. I think just think maybe they know somebody named Todd and it just happens to work. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm not, I wasn't saying it was me specifically. No, 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 it's not me. In my case, I like it bourbon. Is, in my case, it's specifically you, but universally, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's other Todds. That's what sold the song, is everybody has a Todd. <laughs> I'm your actual Todd. Other people have other times. There are yeah. probably other people that but hate you, I, too. No, no. no. <laughs> I'm sure there's plenty of people. I know for sure there's plenty of people that hate me. I've never hated anybody before in my life until I met you. <laughs> I should um, I should hook you up with the email for my uh, stalker. You guys would get on well. I would love that. Isn't that? Yeah, I'm, I think I remember hearing. I, I heard tell of that guy. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't like me. No. But he's really got nothing much. He's not a stalker who likes me. I thought stalkers were supposed to like you. Like, unhealthy, in an unhealthy way, they wanted to be with you all the time. But this is not that. No. No, this is something different. Yeah. (laughs) Altogether different. (laughs) It's just scary. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So, um, yeah, so how's it going? I mean, I... I really, I, the best thing. Are, are you gonna? What's the new? What go? The best thing about hosting the show is that I, I get to meet people like you. <laughs> meet me, even though you've already written a song called "I Hate Todd." Like you knew before getting into this. Yeah, I, but I feel like I'm meeting. I'm meeting you for the first time, and I will eventually hate you again for the first time. Because <laughs> it's been a while. Like, we're different people than when we used to hang out, you know? Um, do you ever think, like, Hillary and I always talk about you and Claudia this way, that if we lived in the same area, same town, we'd probably hang out all the time? No, nah, probably not. I mean, I think, <laughs> no, I think, no I, I definitely think we would. I definitely think. Because every time we spent time together as two couples, it, we just... Everything goes swimmingly, you know. Yeah, and I'm, I yeah. don't mean that in a wise-ass kind of way. I, I you know, but it, it kind of makes sense because you know, two 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 buddies that have known each other for a long time and have never really soured on each other. We, you know, we know how to pick. That's true. Or they know how to pick up. That's true, but people don't always necessarily get along, no matter how good they are. Right. You know what I mean. So, I don't know, it's just kind of serendipitous, but we live on opposite sides of the country, so therein lies the bittersweet nature of our relationship. Sing a song about that right now. Okay. <clears throat> well, this is actually, it actually is kind of about a bitter relationship. It's a, it's a newer tune, and it's about, um, you know, I know your, your, your parents live in a beautiful part of the country, and kind of like, uh, you know, New Hampshire, Vermont, kind of near the border of those two beautiful states, and 
Um, and this is kind of about a couple. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, that's right, whatever. Um, but it's kind of <laughs> kind of about a couple that that might exist in a town like that. That an older couple who are always caught fighting with each other and arguing with each other and they're on the opposite sides of every single spectrum you can imagine and the narrator of the song um sort of makes a discovery one night okay so that's what this this song is called called wilbur driscoll and the widow mcgee <clears throat> you hear me yeah wilbur yes driscoll and the widow mcgee Two old souls as stubborn as two souls can be. See a hog fly for you ever see them agree. She's a pistol. He's a nizzle bee. Talking about Wilbur Driscoll and the widow McGee. Down the aisles of the mercantile on the bench beneath the old tree. Separate them in the country mile just to try to maintain the peace. Cause when they're gone, there's nothing to say. The best thing to do is just back away. Cause she's a pistol. He's a nestle bee talking about. There's a house upon the hill, quiet as a church mouse, sitting there so still till last Sunday evening. Oh, I thought I was dreaming, heard a fiddle in the barn out back. Curiosity killed the cat. That window clean, well, you'll never believe it, just what I see. Oh, Wilbur Driscoll and the Widow McGee spinning round like a couple of youngins in their home by the melody. God bless them, they danced all night in the field, didn't quit until the morning light. Something she was hissing right back at him. Blue shimmer in the wheels. I will be had a mile wide in. Tough road to hold. Match made in hell. Just goes to show. Maybe you never can tell. She's a pistol. He's a nestle and talking about Wilbur Driscoll and the Will McGee. 
That was fantastic. That that song definitely defines my marriage. Like I like you hit the nail on the head. Nail on the head. Yeah, well, it's better than I Hate Todd as a title. <laughs> yeah, yeah, as a title. The thing about the I Hate Todd song is it's so negative, you know? Yeah. It's a bummer. It is. I'm sorry. About Todd. It's a bummer about Todd. I'm sorry about that. I mean, I, I didn't really mean for it to be such a downer. It's just that I was just trying to be honest in the moment. <laughs> and honestly, it's not about Yeah, you. no, I got it. It's about Chuck Todd. Chuck Todd. Yeah, you know, that guy is a douchebag. Yeah. I got a question for you. What's up? Sorry, I'm just tuning in. Can you, can you, do you think you could remember a Professor Spoon song? Uh, Acapulco, I could probably do it. But I don't, I don't All right, know. What's, what song can you? Well, so this, this, this brings up a good point that probably the only people that care about this concept are maybe me and you as a close second, but. Uh, when, I that, when I was in that band, I couldn't play any instruments. It was just all me coming up with either me putting my own melodic ideas upon somebody else's chords, or maybe I had an idea and I needed an instrumentalist to kind of like build up the chords, graph, I, I call them graph them onto my melody, you know, because I had no real mm-hmm. instrumental ability. So it was only when I hit 40 years old, eight years ago, that I said, you know, I gotta actually learn some guitar, or I could actually write some songs. Uh, so back in the day, when I was in Professor Spoon, I couldn't even play those songs if I tried because I, I never really learned. I never knew how to play them. You didn't know, yeah, right. Which song? You were just singing, yeah, mm-hmm. and writing the lyrics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good lyrics. I still re- I still listen to that stuff. Well, most of the lyrics I wrote, Jordan Rothstein wrote, you know, some of them, but. Towards the end, it was definitely me writing pretty much all of them. Yeah. There were a couple songs. Yeah. Everything. But most of it was me writing lyrics and melodies with them. Putting the chords to it. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. But here you are doing everything now. Now you're writing the music for Hank Wonder? Mm-hmm. Music, lyrics. Do you like do the on like a music sheet? You like do you write it out like that? No, I mean I do. I I know a little bit of music theory, but not enough to really notate like that. But it was mainly just you know sending a song via iPhone demo that's kind of already been put together like form wise. Like I know what the chorus and the the Mm -hmm. verse and the bridge is gonna. So you so you do it with your own guitar. You're like playing your own guitar strumming and singing to give them an idea of what the song should sound like and they fill it up yep yep and then they take you know mike the guitarist really finesses it because he's a he's a real guitarist so he adds really cool like a lot of percussive elements and a lot of cool little finessey sort of things that i don't know how to do and then annie the fiddler will add her fiddle part which is always beautiful and they both sing backup vocals at this point you know uh formed in 2013 mm-hmm. is when we formed so seven years in now they're starting to really sing a lot of we're doing like three-part harmony which is cool that is cool I, the band sounds great i listen to it all the time it's fantastic Thanks. um I'm, well you know i've followed your career i have all your recordings um from spoon to um what's the one that was in uh cruel intentions three or whatever right 
Seismic, yeah. Uh, which was your most commercial sounding band. That was the most commercial you've ever been, would you say? Yeah, that was definitely a push to... I mean, you got into Cruel Intentions 3. I mean, who else did, really? Yeah. <laughs> we, I mean, this should say something. The keyboardist that we had on that album, who was like a guest uh, musician, was the, was Matchbox 20's touring keyboardist. So, like, the idea was to have oh, wow. that, that kind of, like, rock-ready... Uh, radio ready rock sound you know um wasn't right, right. most suited for my voice i mean although i i think i rose to the challenge but it wasn't really what i loved to say there were a couple uh ballads i feel like that featured your voice that i really liked but i also really liked the song from seismic uh queen of the rodeo yeah right right yeah, like that, that that was the name of that song mm-hmm. And and your vocals were amazing on that, and it and it was you know it's a uh, commercial rock, but I, I like it a lot. Yeah, thanks. You know, I I I, uh, I don't think there's anything you can, you know. I mean, you're like you're you're an actor, you're an artist. You know, you, I mean, you don't love everything you're involved. I literally make I literally make commercials, literally. Right, but don't you feel like you? Fuck- it's not a judgment. It's- no, it's not a judgment. I, Believe me, I could, we can get into a whole other podcast of how much I admire you for following your your passion and just sticking to it because there's a lot of people that don't. And also, your talent has has is definitely has has been realized in various moments of your career. But I feel like it's yet to be fully, in my mind, as a friend of yours, I've known you forever. Mm. You know, has not has yet to be fully right. realized, but I, I also think that's the same for most artists. Like, you're kind of you put your heart into everything. Not everything lands, but you know, you're always like I'm always striving for that one song that's going to be the perfect song. And if I can be so yeah. presumptuous to think that you're you're striving for that thing too, like that that one moment of pure beauty. Sure, you know? I wish I could strive for songs. Like I'm jealous of musicians. Uh, I. Because I lo- I'm a mu- I'm a lover of music, but I'm not a person who has an affinity for doing it. Yeah. Um. Even even when like I forced myself, uh, uh, just by rote, by just by making myself the way a, a overbearing mom makes a kid play piano. Yeah. I forced myself to learn the harmonica for "You're the Worst" because I wanted to like be doing the most I could for this part. Mm-hmm. But as soon as they, that they stopped writing a harmonica into the part, I put it down and I, I have not looked back at it again. Yeah. It's just, it doesn't, I don't know what it is. And I love harmonica. It's not that I think harmonicas, you know, I love good harmonica. I love good music. I love to hear it. I just don't like to make it. Maybe singing would be fun, but my voice is terrible, so it's not a thing. You know what I mean? I don't think it's terrible. It's just not I've a... I think it's, yeah, I, you know, the, as far as the harmonica goes to, like to back up, like I, I, and I, I'm still, I've yet to even come close to mastering that. That's not even something I can really envision at this point, but there was a lot of like blowing in, you know, sucking and blowing. I think they call it drawing and blowing because your drawing is when you're sucking in on a harmonica and blowing is when you're blowing out. There was a lot of really bad yep. sounds coming out of my harmonica for a long time. And then it was a U2 song called Trip Through Your Wires on Joshua Tree where he made the harmonica wail and like whine. 
And I, for some reason, that song was kind of my entry point. And I learned how to make the harmonica do the, the kind of whine thing, the wah, 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 wah. And once I figured that out. The bending thing? Yeah. Is that bending? Yep. And once you figure that out, it opens up a whole new thing. But I also think, like, I, I listen to people like, you know, there's so many great, like, uh, you know, Little Walter, amazing blues harmonica player. And, you know, in more contemporary mm -hmm. times, there's John Popper, who, although I think he's he had times where he was a real glutton and played too much, uh, real skill in that guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What do you think about uh, Dan Aykroyd's harmonica? I think Dan Aykroyd's good. I mean, I think he, 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 I think he probably, I don't know for sure, but he's probably listened to a lot of Little Walter, you know, and probably... Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, who else is a great harmonica player is um, Delbert McClinton. He's a great harmonica player. Oh, yeah, sure. I love McClinton. Yeah. And, he has one of my favorite songs of all time, uh, which is uh, uh, Watching It Rain. That's one of my favorite all-time yeah. songs. Do you know that song? I do. I think my dad actually told love. me about that song. I love, I love his... And he, he has another song called When Rita Leaves. I think it's called When Rita Leaves. Mm-hmm. Or Rita's Gone. It might be called Rita's Gone. Oh, When Rita's Gone. Yeah, that's a great song, too. Yeah. Um, He's got a lot of good songs. Hey, uh, I'm going to go. I need to go and get a splash of bourbon. Yeah. Can you play the chorus from the song about bourbon while I. I'm just. It'll take two seconds. Um, I can try. Yeah. Give it a shot. Attempted finger picking. <laughs> I would. I, I do love that song. I love that song, by the way. Well, thank you. It's funny. Do you guys play that? We do. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. Like, I write a lot of these songs and I just, I, I work on them so heavily. They're part of my life so much while I'm demoing them. And then I send them to Mike and then I feel like they become Mike's. Not that I... I think that's a great thing. I, and then I just really concentrate on singing them, and I almost forget what all the chords are. <laughs> I guess my memory uh -huh. doesn't really last that, I don't know. Um, but you could, do, you could do the song a cappella right now if, if you had to. Yeah, yeah. Um, Without the guitar, yeah. I'm just, that's what I'm, I mean. Yeah. Oh. You're struggling with the guitar, not the... You know, I mean, you don't have to. Yeah. If it's, you know, don't worry about it. We can talk about something else for a while. It's almost embarrassing. I mean, I mean you know, that I can't remember. <laughs> Why is it embarrassing? It's not. Don't worry about it. Oh. Um, but I do, you know, I wanted to play this other song that I've never, ever played for anybody, like, outside of my family, and they're just annoyed by it anyway right now. I think I did send it. All right, excellent. But it's called Moons on the Lake, which is... Oh, oh, 
That sounds familiar. I think I might have sent it to you at some point. Yeah, and I think I like it. Yeah, I mean, it's... But maybe I don't. So play it now, and afterwards I'll tell you what I okay. think. Okay. Um, <laughs> and I'm still kind of figuring out where it, where it goes. If it's going to be on anything we record, but... <clears throat> I'm going to be just like Simon Cowell. I'll be like Simon Cowell. Okay. I'm going to be brutally it's honest. honest. It's a little pitchy. <laughs> Horrible bird <laughs> Okay, ready? <clears throat> Black and white birds yep. off in the night Caught in a cold somewhere Send me a sign Something sublime Just let me know you're there A high lonesome call Quivering cry You're my lakeside lullaby Sing me to sleep, diving so deep, loons on the lake. Till we return, my family and I, all in a rental. Long for the things that nature provides, so elemental. Western may sun, fading from sight, time has come, savor the night. Y'all need a break, for goodness sake, loons on a Crazy world's been breathing in pessimistic pollution. Cause of a bird I'm believing in such a simple solution. We'll just invite all the parties involved. In one night all the problems are solved. Just let them talk. Out on the dark, loons on the lake. Take it from me, it's all that you need, loons on the lake. Moonlight of listen, can't help but listen to loons on the lake. You know who's got to hear that song, dude? Yeah. Is my parents. Because it's about the Connecticut lakes. It's about where they go every summer. Loons on the lake. That, that right. whole song is about that. Right. I mean, for me, I don't know what it really is about for you, but that's it's really cool. I love it. Thanks. Thanks. Um, I, you know, I think it's also, to me, it's about, uh, yeah, I mean, Rangeley. It's like anywhere you go where there's like a soothing sound. I mean, we drive... 
five hours yeah. to get to Western Maine, and usually it's the end of a long week, and you're just like, you got a rental that you've secured for the week, and you get there, and it's just, you're, it's like a portal to another world. You hear these loons echoing, and it's, you know, the loons don't know about all your problems. I don't want to... Ch- I don't want to cheapen cheapen you by comparing you to Jimmy Buffett, but the theme of your song sounds like one particular harbor in a certain mm-hmm. certain way. No, I don't think that's true. in a more um, in more New England way. Well, a lot of people are down on Jimmy Buffett, you know. I you know I have I know there are a lot of people, and they're also down on the Eagles. I mean, you know, we have we have our we go back and forth about the Eagles and Buffett, you know, like, but there but mm. there are. There's a there's a real craft to writing those really simple songs, and when you mm-hmm. I mean I'm learning and I don't you know, I've gotten there yet but I think when you those people that achieve that it's it's a it, there's a magic to it and you know you can you can dismiss it but it's really hard to do you know I don't I don't think the Eagles are untalented at all. I just don't like them. Yeah. I just don't like it. Yeah. That's it. I respect them. You know, there's a lot of artists I respect. I mean, and there's other artists that like, like people are like, oh, they're the greatest, the gods, you know, like David Bowie was a god and all that. And I'm like, no, yeah, I get David Bowie's talent is not, he doesn't, you know, punch me in the mouth every time I hear him. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hey, um, my... I don't know. Is there anyone like that who's... Oh, my, my recording thing is about to go out. Okay, so you should end your show. Yeah. I think. I mean... How do you, how, how do you end the show? Uh, how long do you have on your recording device? It don't really say, does it? I don't know. I'm trying to look. Um, well, let's just keep going until it ends. Now the people have heard that it may just run out, and that'll be that. Okay. And that'll be that. All right. So let's keep talking. Okay. Um, maybe mid song it'll happen. That that song is great. Both these two new songs has your band hasn't played those live yet, or they have? No, Loons on the Lake is kind of in the in was is sort of in the works uh, before this whole pandemic thing. You know, they were kind of adding their parts to it. Um, the cool thing about old Wilbur, the Wilbur Driscoll and the Widow McGee song is that I made an animated video for it on YouTube. So. Which I feel like the, my band members seeing that, and Annie actually added a fiddle part to it for that for the for the video. But I feel like them seeing the story kind of unfold uh, has inspired mm-hmm. them to kind of see that song as, as more of a viable thing for the album. And it, it did that for me, so I'm hoping that it, that it did that for them too. You know. Oh, that's cool. Um, so you're still, I mean, you're like you have a band, and you started the band. I did. Yep. But you still, you still, uh, as, as a um, cohort, as a artist, as a professional working with other people, you're pitching them all the time. So you're, you're challenging yourself by holding them to this high standard. And allowing them to criticize you and yeah, to- reject you and all that stuff. Yeah, it's totally. You know the songs. I send them all. I, I don't. I'm not a. I'm not a really. I don't really proficient writer. I mean, or is that the word? I don't really write a lot of songs, but the ones that I do write that are kind of finished in my mind, I send them along, and not all of them land with them. 
and that's fine. I think if there's kind of radio silence, that's sort of their nice way of, of kind of saying, yeah, maybe that's not, you know, up to snuff with the rest of the stuff. And then when I hear back from them right away or within a day, it's kind of like, okay, there's something here. So you never really know. I mean, I don't really. Do they, yeah. do they also like uh, I Hate Todd? Are they fans of that? I hate Todd. They have their own song. They don't even really know you, but they don't like your whole vibe. They don't like. <laughs> and they wrote their own song about that. They wanted to name the band um, something about Todd, like "There's no use for Todd in the world" or something. I don't, but, it, but I didn't. I thought that was a little too, a little too dark. So. Um, yeah, and for the name of a band, that's a full sentence. That's not cool. You shouldn't name. I was just I was talking to Hillary about this today. We were listening to uh, old eighty songs, and uh, "Relax, Don't Do It" came on, and she was like, "What's the name of this band?" And I said, "Frankie Goes to Hollywood." I never liked that band because I just don't like the name Frankie Goes to Hollywood because a band shouldn't its name shouldn't be a full sentence. Right. You can do a fragment or a phrase or a, even a run-on sentence, maybe, but not just a f- fucking sentence. Or like Frankie goes to Hollywood. I don't care. Have you ever heard of the band called "And They Will Know Us" by the Trail of the Dead? I think that's what it's called. <laughs> no. That's the name of a band. And they will know us by the Trail of the Dead or Trail of Dead. Well. Okay, so that's not an actual sentence, so I can go with it because it's a mess. You know, it's a weird mess. Um, it's not a simple sentence. It's a kind of a run-on. That's what I meant. That's a, like more of a run-on situation. Right. Uh, what kind of music is that? That's uh, a lot of noise. Like, noise? Yeah, just like <laughs> very, if I remember correctly. Aggression? A lot of aggression. You know? Okay, yeah. Yeah, like uh, I love aggressive music, something that just really just screams. Nothing but screaming. Especially if it's white men with that throat screaming. That's my favorite form of music. I don't know Helen Reddy. Anne Murray? Oh, fuck yeah. I love Anne Murray. They're really kind of. They're really uh, very similar in my book. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. A lot of anger, a lot of white men screaming. Mm-hmm. Maybe I have it wrong. I'm, I'm <laughs> sure I love Anne Murray, and she is the essence of angry white maleness. That's what I always thought about her. That's why my mom loved loved listening to her so much growing up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know. Did your mom have? Uh, was your mom an Anne Murray fan when you were a kid? Not so much Anne Murray. She did love, she did love some Johnny Mathis, and she loved. Uh, oh, okay. She loved Kenny Rogers, which you can't hate, you can't hate her for that. Um, no, I loved Kenny Rogers I loved too. I still do. Yeah. I used to sing uh, uh, "The Gambler" as a lullaby to my kid. Did you really? Yeah, and then at a certain point he got old enough and he started listening to the lyrics of the... Because he was born early, so I wasn't prepared with lullabies, so I just sang songs I remembered by heart and turned them into, like, quiet, soft songs. But at a certain point he got old enough and he was listening to the lyrics of The Gambler, and at the, uh, I had sang it to him, and at the end he just looked at me and he goes, Dad, 
That song's messed up. It's about a guy dying on a train. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's not a, a And that's what it is. Yeah. It's about a... No. Have you ever heard... Um, Great song, but it is about a guy. Yeah, you know, uh, you know the yeah. band Soul Coughing? Uh-huh. You know Mike, so Mike Doty, the, do. the lead singer? He did a pretty amazing version of uh, The Gambler. Great cover of it. Oh, did he? Yeah. After the death is like a, a tribute no. or before? No, it was done. It was done like maybe a decade ago. Um, oh wow! Okay. Yeah. Um, Do you ever hear that cake cover of uh, that uh, Ruby? Yes. Um, Kenny Rogers yeah. song. I was actually just gonna say that Cake is a band that I feel like done a lot of amazing covers. Yeah. Although I, they have. I saw them, I saw them play once at um, Mass Mocha. Actually, I think I saw your sister at this gig. She was, or maybe it was Beck. One of the shows I saw at Mass Mocha, which is this amazing contemporary art museum out in Western Mass, big, the largest contemporary art museum in the country, actually now. But um, they, I, I went to see Cake there, and I think it was the end of the tour, and I was there with my wife and kids, Claudia and, and Aiden and Carly, and uh, the singer was obviously drunk. Um, because it was the, I think it was the end. Of, it was the end of their tour, so he was just kind of like done with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It doesn't really matter with him so much because he's not really a singer, so he's just kind of like a talk singer. Yeah, yeah, and he seems drunk when he sings, yeah, so right, right. it's all good. Right, right. He's got a giant beard. Like I, I actually wound up seeing him not too long ago because um, Colby was dying to see Ben Folds. Yeah. So I bought tickets to the Ben Folds Cake Show. I didn't realize the order of things. I thought it was Cake and then Ben Folds, but it wasn't. It was Ben Folds was the opening act, so he didn't play as long, which was a little bit disappointing, but that's fine uh, because I really did like Cake. I didn't know how much I liked Cake, and then they played, and I had a really good time listening to Cake. They were really, really awesome, and Colby had a great time, uh, amazing time. So yeah, it was it was cool, but it was surprising because I went to see Ben Folds. I also saw Coyote in the parking lot. Wow! Wait, is that a band? Yeah. Coyote? Just walking. Th- no, no, it was a Coyote in the parking lot. Oh, it was just a Coyote. Yeah, just walking through the parking lot. Right. Is that one of them? Yeah, it was after the. Is that a dog? That's one of them what? dogs, right? Like a, a hill dog. <laughs> it's a hill dog. That's right. That's it. It's a hill dog. Yeah. It's a hill dog. That's what it is. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it came down out of the hills because of the fires, probably. Right. It was the fires. <laughs> the hill dog came down out of the hills. I think, I think coyote, I think it means hill dog. <laughs> That's probably true. I don't know what the hell. Who are you to question? Do you like that song? Uh, do you like that song "Coyote" by uh, Mark Knopfler? I I love Mark Knopfler. I don't know if I know that song. What about that other Coyote song where it's that guy who goes "Woo yip, woo yip, woo yip," <laughs> or whatever it is? Yeah, I, I, I've never heard that one. Tell- Don, Dan Edwards. Dan Edwards. Don Edwards. Don Edwards. It's called Coyotes. Um, it was in that uh, Grizzly Man movie. Oh. Um, uh, so, so Mark Knopfler. 
Have you ever heard the Wag the Dog soundtrack? <laughs> yes, I have it. I have like I have all Mark Knopfler's stuff. I'm a completionist, as they say. So I think or a completist. A completist, yeah, sure. Or yeah, sure. Completionist. Completion. I think it, I, like a problem, a person with a problem. I would get what you were saying if you said completionist. I would know what you were talking about. Um, yeah, that's what I'm. But yeah, I, okay. I do think Mark. I love Mark Knopfler. He's amazing. I love, like, he's one of those guys like Nick Lowe's, like a latter day, like in his later days, he's making amazing work. Not to say he's about to die, but, you know, he's elder statesman of, of, you know, of music, right? He could get the, he could get the Rona, is what you mean. He could get the Rona. He could. He could. He, um, <laughs> but he, uh, he, I didn't love his stuff in the 80s. Mark Knopfler was doing stuff like, I think it's Working Class Hero, that soundtrack. I remember buying that and being so hopeful that it was going to be amazing. It was so synth heavy. There was so much synthesizer. Oh. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Brothers in Arms is like a heavy synth yeah. album. Yeah. And now he's doing stuff that's freaking amazing because he's stripped it all back to what he's Yeah. Doing. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you. I mean, although I did like brothers in arms there's songs like on that album that are like overproduced pop music but that i like like why worry and yeah oh, okay. and i still like the hits you know yeah I agree. what's the the money for nothing the walk of life walk that one yeah. yeah money for nothing walk of life yeah yeah. No, yeah more walk of life than money for nothing for me yep. and um yeah nick lowe's great and i don't know if you listen to uh to james hunter at all but james hunter uh, I think he, I mean he's one of those guys it's like he's um, he's kind of taken the best from like early Ray Charles I feel like some Van Morrison and like some of the soul greats and he just has kind of turned it into his own thing you know that's cool yeah. we can go into a whole other discussion about like people who listen to soul music and then kind of just regurgitate it in a, in a sort of like expected and boring way and people who really have like you know a new take on it <laughs> is that your main do you think that's your main influence soul music or what is it I have to say I, I if I was talking to you 10 years ago I probably would have said yeah soul music is my main influence but I feel like with Hank Wonder the country influence is, is kind of is coming to the surface more than I ever thought was there but they're kind of converging with the with the band yeah. wouldn't you say yeah. yeah right like Buck Owens and Hank Williams and like really simplistic not simplistic but like really quick economical songwriting you know like get in get out say what you want to say and leave instead of like you know the jam bands that I was in in the past or you know I mean I love Professor Spoon but I think there was there was, I was never really that comfortable with like the huge extended jam portions of songs. I think it was of the story, the storyteller in me was like, "What are we really doing here?" Like I'm, you know, we're kind of <laughs> diverged. From that. Well, that's when you're uh, like everyone. I mean, then Professor Spoon was good, so you could do this, and and the jam is you're you're. It's sort of everybody's jacking off together, right? The band's just having a good time, jamming, doing whatever, and the audience just jumps against each other and touches each other and all that crap. 
you know. And that was the, that was what we did. Did I ever tell you the story, the Halloween story? No, but I'm about seeing your band. But I'm gonna pee real quick. All right, I'll tell them this story while you pee. Okay, I will. And you can listen to it later. Okay, I think I remember the. Just go pee. Okay, I'm gonna. So so tell me about that story. Don't worry about it. You. I'm I'm gonna. (laughs) So here's what happened. So, Professor Spoon, Darren's band back when we were in college, is playing. And it's Halloween. It's like Halloween night, I'm pretty sure. And this uh, club in, in uh, I think it's called the Lion's Den in, in the village. And uh, it's jam-packed, and they, and they start jamming. And a bunch of my buddies from college had come. So I was with my friends. And it's my old friend from high school playing in a band. It was pretty awesome. And... Uh, uh, everybody starts dancing, and they were just—they were jamming. They did this cover of the Jeffersons theme song, and they—and they—in the cover, they just play the song, and then the music would like shift into a different genre. So go from like country to soul to to folk to hard rock to you, you name it. Just go on down the line. Uh, rap, hip, it was crazy. All these different genres they do it in, and everybody was dancing and jamming, and and and, and through multiple songs, I was dancing. Uh, I wound up dancing with the same person over and over, and it was a person, and I have no idea if the person was a, a woman or a man, but this person was short, and this person had a full bodysuit, like head-to-toe bodysuit, looking like a skeleton. So I was dancing with a skeleton uh, for hours all night. And uh, I, again, I'm not sure the gender of this person, but I felt like these romantic sparks, these uh, deeply uh, sexual romantic sparks happening between me and this skeleton person and and the way and i'm not a good dancer you know and i don't feel comfortable dancing in public normally uh but this person was so inviting with the way uh, the the movement of the skeleton person the the movements were inviting and 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 non-judgmental of my movements and willing to move with me as she, she or he was moving Anyway, my point is, is it, 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 it was a weird magical night, and then I went, as soon as the show was over, I went to go, who are you? And that person was gone, and I have no idea who it was, and I still have no idea if it was a man or a woman, but the dancing was deeply and utterly fun, and it was so much of it was that the music was good and everybody was dancing and then this weird skeleton person was totally cool with me dancing the way I danced which is not well it was a cool night it's a cool night I really stretched that out like I went on for way too long because I was like this story's already over and Darren's not back and then I stretched it and I turned it into a poem it was a poem I made it. I made it back just in time for the for the mention of a weird skeleton. <laughs> Do you remember that story? Uh, sort of. I, I remember that. I think it was. Uh, it was a. The, it was dealt. It was. Oh my god! It was a Valentine's party. Right. You came to visit me. No. No. 
No, no, you. That's a different party. The, I was talking about when you played in New York on Halloween oh. at the Lion's Den. Yes. Yes. Okay. And there was a. Listen to a late. Listen to this later. But I'll tell you, that's the other spoon story. Is when I went up. I don't know what time of year it was, but I went up and I visited you in Syracuse, and I hung out with you for a weekend, right? A long weekend or something. Yeah. And one of the nights, Spoon was playing at a at a fraternity. Was it fraternity or yeah. yeah, fraternity party? And that was when you uh, spontaneously introduced the character, the supporting character. That's my career, supporting guy. You introduced Tambourine Boy at the party. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? I do. I th- For the Jeffersons thing. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been early. That yeah, I remember when that was. I think because we were just starting to just starting to carve out a name for ourselves on campus, and so you were kind of witnessing that. Yes. And I remember Jefferson mm. was definitely one of the one of the. And we weren't really we had our own songs, but we were still doing a lot of covers. Hence the the need for the Jeffersons in the set. Well, and the Jeffersons was great. I was just telling the audience all about it. I talked them through that whole thing and why it was fun and funny. But at that thing, what happened was you, like, Jefferson started halfway through the long-ass version of the Jeffersons you did. You like, I got a tambourine boy. You said tambourine boy. And I, like, started hitting the, I grabbed the tambourine and I was hitting the tambourine. Not like I'm so bad at keeping time, but I was hoping I was doing well enough, but everybody was jumping around me. And then that was the last song before the intermission, you know, or whatever, the break. You came back for a second set later. But like the crowd started clearing and this ludicrously hot blonde chick came up to me and was like, do you know the band? Like that's what she said. And all I all I had to say was, yeah, I know the band. But what I said was, as a joke, I was trying to be funny. I said, no, I'm an internationally renowned tambourine player. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> and, she, and she looked at me like I was such an asshole. Yeah, I think worst person ever. Right, you were the the woman. I was the worst person ever. That's what she thought I was. Oh, okay. I think I feel like you did. Your brother come visit us once in Syracuse. Stay with us. Stay with me in my house with like John Stillman or something. Or or Roger. Maybe Brown. I don't know. Anyway, I was I there? Maybe no. I don't know. He was like coming, just looking at schools, and I feel like he came up for a weekend and stayed in our apartment. Anyway. That makes sense. I believe that. Yeah. I don't think you're lying. But they he witnessed like the college party scene in all its glory because we had a house party and our band was playing and we were charging mm-hmm. admission. We had gotten like maybe five kegs and it was a rainy night, so people were just tracking mud in our apartment. And, you know, nobody really cared. Uh, money was like flowing because you know, people just paying whatever they were to get in. I forget, I, I still have the invite somewhere. And I, and they were your brother and his friend. I swear it was your brother. We're just looking like like in awe because you know, high school kids. You know, I you ain't seen nothing until you've seen like a Syracuse college party or any college party. But uh, <coughs> I visited. Excuse me. 
I'm smoking a little weed right now. You yeah. have to forgive me. It's almost it's almost midnight. I mean, look at so, it is for me. It's almost three. I visited. Yeah, are you all right? Do you need to go? I'm good. I got probably another five minutes. I got I got uh, I got to teach this remote learning curriculum, you know? Yeah, no shit. Sorry. I didn't mean to keep you up so late. Yeah, well, the kids in Massachusetts, thank you for your... your uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm teaching the entire state. Go ahead. Uh, well, I, I apologize. <laughs> I was going to tell you about the time... When I was in high school and I was visiting colleges and I went to Carnegie Mellon and they were supposed to put me up in the dorm, but they had, they wound up having too many students come that weekend. So they had this spill out and they put us into frat houses. So I spent the night in a frat house and they had a giant frat party. And at a certain point I was like, you guys, I got to get some sleep. Can, is there any way I can get some sleep? (laughs) And they put me in a bed, <laughs> in a bunk bed somewhere. Yeah. It was horrible. Wow. You're like, I want my mommy. <laughs> Where's mom? We I don't like this. Why are we up this late drinking beer? We weren't ready for it at that point. Not quite. No. Oh, my gosh. Definitely not. Yeah. I know. It's funny. Like, I'm a... The whole like you know playing guitar thing is, it's a little like weird that I can't muster up the memory to play most of these songs. You know. But you know them. I do. I, but it's also three in the morning, yeah. and you've been drinking, yeah. so it's fine. Yeah. But the other thing is, is give me an acapella one. You don't have to play your guitar. Which one? Um, give me the um. Give me the bourbon. My baby likes bourbon. Do it a cappella. Mix it up. You don't have to do it the way it's written. You can, if you know it. Do you have the lyrics somewhere? Can, can karaoke it. Alright. It sounded nice though. It was a good start. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing about this whole like, the other thing about the rub about this whole like COVID nineteen pandemic is that when bands back, get back together and actually perform, it's, you know, it's gonna take a little bit of rehearsing to get back to. Uh, yeah, you gotta get back in the groove. You know, yeah. I mean, that's the case with everybody, right? I mean. Yeah. Actors. Singers, writers. Well, yeah, it's. I don't know what 
I'm going to be getting back into. I have no idea. It's going to be weird. There's a whole article in Variety about like the potential way it'll work when they reopen the business before the vaccine is available where they'll cast entire shows and movies and for 14 days before production begins, everybody involved in the production is going to be quarantined. And then, you know, the production's the only thing they can do. Can't go out, can't, you know. I don't know. No, like quarantine separately, but it's basically once it ha- once you have the job, it's you go to the job and you go home. It's kind of creepy, actually, when you think about it. Yeah, man. It's crazy. I mean, a lot of, you know, it's funny. We had, you know, we were, we were booked to go out to a wedding in Bakersfield. We were going to hang with you guys. Yeah, yeah, we were we were so excited about that too. That sucks. No, and you know, and one of the parts of that trip was going to well, going to the wedding, but also going to Disneyland for a day. And it's like those kind of experiences, mm-hmm. like big, you know, amusement parks where there's a bunch of people intermingling. That's it's got all got to change. It's gonna be different well disney's already said disney parks has already said they're implementing a whole new thing so they're not gonna uh, first off not gonna allow as many people through the gates anymore per day as they ever did and they'll be practicing social distancing which actually makes that sound great because what i hate about disneyland is how fucking crowded it is it makes me claustrophobic i don't like it um and and I have fun. There's a lot of cool stuff about Disneyland, but there, it's too crowded. There's too many people. Right. The lines are too long. Right. Well, you know the the thing that uh, Claudia, my wife, and I were talking about tonight is that you know we lived through 9/11, right? So I mean, all of us did, but we we happened to be in New York at the time. Yeah. And I think we witnessed for the first time in our lives what what a what a it was like a bookmark in your life. Before and after, mm-hmm. everything changed after that event in in you know various ways. And I feel like right now this is a weird experience for all of us. But it, it, I feel like that in a way prepared us for this, like you know this huge change. I had never felt anything like 9/11, and I don't think anybody had. I don't know if this is making sense at all, but it was just like a huge shift. You know, things you could do that mm-hmm. you can't do anymore, or at least in the same way. And the whole pandemic, it's like... Yeah, or like or like pre-9-11 was Dennis Miller was funny, and then post-9-11, he stopped being funny. Right. right. It's like, I don't know what happened. <laughs> it all collapsed. Yeah, it's pretty much, that's exactly what it yeah, I, but I know what you mean, and it's true. It's a weird, weird-ass time. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, I could probably do one. Cupid, I could, well, yeah, eight minutes. It's funny. I'm looking at my little digital recorder. It's got like mm-hmm. eight minutes and left. It's saying you got eight? Yeah. Um, cause it's All right, like, let's go out on a song.
I'll try it. Okay? Okay. Mm-hmm. Go. You ready? All right, this song is called... Go. Okay. Go. Should I say what it is or no? Yeah, say what it. Do what you want. Okay. I'm I'm gonna shut up. Go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Song's called Lover Boy. It's good. You're good. Take all your time you want. What are you say? Are you all right? Am I good? No, I'm good. Okay. Are you good? Yeah, I'm good. Got a couple in me. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Go. Okay. Go. <laughs> go. Alright, 
song's called Cupid. <laughs> Ready? I thought it was called Lover Boy. Yeah, it's called whatever you want it to be called. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I never perform whilst drinking. I don't know if you knew this about me. I never, ever, ever, ever. You're a sober performer. I do not drink. Good for you, man. I, mean, I might drink in between sets, but I never, ever drink uh, before I play. I generally, I generally don't. When I do podcasts, I do. It's a different, it's a different, vibe. It's a different ball yeah. of wax. Well, my next podcast yeah. that I that I host, because I host this podcast, I do a lot of them. Yeah. Um, I yeah, you. Drink. Well, it's your show. You have to. Yeah. Okay, ready? Are you ready for this? <laughs> yeah, let's go. Been a great guest. Go. Been a great guest. Go. So go. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Between the butcher and the bakery No better borough for a queen to be On Steinway Street Hire the rumble of a subway train And ring the buzzer underneath the name Climb the stairs and night the same Now that's all that feast So keep it if it don't fight Shoot her one more time and it's complete Not like before when I was feeling blue. Don't need no static on my radio. Roll down the windows, want the world to know how I love her so, yeah. And Sam Cook singing, whoa, like a singing history to me. Oh, I need to make another tape to see, yeah. My little queen, alright. So keep it if you don't mind, shoot her one more time and it's complete. Come now, little girl, as fine as she is, in mind I do believe it, oh yeah. She don't know it, but I know it's destiny, yeah, yeah. And from your quiver, whenever I can deliver a straight to me, oh. Hello, where away we go, yeah, now. 
shoot him one more time. So give it if you don't mind. Shoot him one more time. So give it if you don't mind. Shoot him one more time. Work with me, lover boy. Oh. day delivery between the butcher and the bakery no better borough for a queen to be on Steinway Street I heard the rumble of a subway train yeah, and rang the buzzer underneath her name climbed the stairs and I ain't the same now that I saw that face Cupid, if you don't mind, shoot her one more time and let's complete it. Not like before when I was feeling low. Yeah. Don't hear no static on my radio. Roll down the windows, want the world to know how I love her so. Shoot her one more time and let's complete it Cause that little girl is fine and she is nearly mine I do believe it, oh yeah She don't know it, but I know it's destiny
Work with me, lover boy. Draw back your bow There it is. That's a good ending.